0: think of his grace and his mercy and don't oh yeah, how he loves me all i can do is thank him for blessing yeah. me he shields me from the hurt and the pain the touch from him and you will never be the same yes i gotta thank him for saving me here we go here
1: we go I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. He was born into December. He decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguise. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive. I rose up from the dead. of I Can I help but give him praise? You should come along for the ride. All
0: right, everybody. I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode. Of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I am super excited for this one. I try my best not to be biased, but y'all, I'm telling you right now that for the next minutes ahead of us, God is going to have his way. and He's going to do it in an amazing vessel today. Um, Before we get started, before I introduce you to our Servant Leader for the hour, I want to give you guys our scripture for this episode. It's going to come from Ephesians five one and two, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given us, given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Again as Ephesians five, one and two. Today, we have servant leader Juanita Ward with us. And y'all, I'm telling you, it's such an amazing thing when you let God have his way. And that's the theme of this episode. And you will see why I say that. She is amazing, amazing, has an amazing, uh, you know, resume that's built. But the biggest thing amidst her track record of an amazing athlete in college and professional sports. One of the biggest things I love the most is she is a woman of God. She's a servant leader of God, a pastor, and just a mighty warrior. And I'm going to introduce her to the, today to you because this conversation on servant leadership is going to be one for the books. So I thank you so much, Miss Ward, for joining us today. I thank you for your obedience. I thank you for your servanthood. And I'm going to pass the torch to you so you can say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started.
1: Hey, what's going on? I'm super (laughs) excited to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm telling you, it is such a joy when you get an opportunity to just share, share with the world, you know. Um, My motto is is all the time, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, you know. I will be glad. I will rejoice. I will be glad. I will rejoice because God did not have to wake me up today, but he did, and he had purpose. And I'm so grateful to be on the show. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your leadership and your heart to listen and be obedient uh, to do this show. Um, You are opening up so many different doors and so many different opportunities for people all over the world, and they are going to be blessed by you just simply saying yes to your assignment. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for, you know, letting me be a part of this. Um, we're just being vessels. And so I really appreciate all that you are doing. Uh, This means the world. So thank you so much. I'm honored.
0: (laughs) And trust me, the honor and pleasure is all mine. You know, to just kind of jumpstart, one of the things I love to do is, you know, as I was telling you before and I tell everyone, it's amazing when you have people and you find people who can talk about the love of Christ and what he's done for them uh, with no embarrassment, not being ashamed, just with a free heart. Mm -hmm. Paying attention to your resume, and I know everyone that comes on here hates that part because they're just so modest. That's a a characteristic of a servant leader. But talk us through, you know, your journey into the game of basketball, playing at Syracuse, uh, playing in the WMEA, playing in various places, and then how you found Christ in those moments? Because a lot of people lose that. When you're successful, they lose that. So talk us a little bit about your traveling through and where you stopped and how Christ helped you from moment to moment.
1: Well, let me tell you this, Chelsea. First, I have to go back to my foundation. Um, My foundation was solid, but yet we didn't have the riches. We didn't have everything. I grew up poor. And And those moments, those moments taught me so much about planting and about having faith. And it taught me how to really dig down deep and see that there's something bigger out there, see that my purpose is bigger than what I have in front of me. And, you know, as I was growing up, it it, it was only three things, you know, church, family, and basketball. Because my father ended up having a motorcycle accident. And, and I can even go back even further. My mother, while I was in her womb, uh, she ended up having a car accident and I wasn't supposed to make it. But God's grace and mercy covered and sheltered and brought me into, you know, uh, brought birth into this, into, into this world. And so my father had a motorcycle accident and my, my father prayed to God and said, God, if you heal me, I would teach my children everything that I know about life and everything that I know about basketball, and so my father started us out on that, and my mother was the, you know, the prayer warrior. She was the one that was, you know, reading the Bible to me all the time, and so I grew up with this foundation, even in the midst of us not having lights, even in the midst of us only eating pork and beans on a kerosene stove, um, even in the midst of us staying in one room inside of the house. Uh, the beauty about it was the house on the outside was beautiful, but the house on the inside was crumbling, and people never knew that, but yet they talked about what they thought was perfect. And that's mm. and that's another thing, Chelsea, right? People will talk about what they see, but they don't know the sacrifice and, the and what you had to go through to get to where you are right now. Let me calm down, right? So, So anyway… You know that's my foundation, and so my foundation has brought me into my purpose. And my purpose is going out and sharing this seed of life. And I've learned this through the game of basketball. Uh, I used to say this all the time: basketball is life. And and I, and as I was coaching, I would tell my kid, my my players, that what you do in basketball is going to translate into life.
0: Come on. How
1: how disciplined are you? How responsible are you? How accountable are you? And for me, all of those things were criterias and why the success that God allowed me to have, the favor that God allowed me to have through basketball, because I put discipline, I put, you know, responsibility and accountability in, in front, in the forefront. And most importantly, I walked by faith. I just walked by faith. Every single time mm-hmm. my father took us outside to practice, it was, it was by faith. Uh, you know, us staying out there and practicing and having that dedication and determination to see something come into fruition was by faith. You know, us, you know, not having, like I said, lights, not having food to eat. Like I said, people looked at the outside of the house and they thought it was, it was peaches and cream, but they had no idea that it was a sacrifice just to wake up every day. It was a struggle just to wake up every day because I saw the same thing. I mean, I woke up one day, it was extremely cold outside and, I walked towards the restroom and as I was on my way back, I laid on the kerosene heater and I thought that was the bed because I was cold. And my mother wakes up and she smells something burning. And she says, Thomas, Thomas, wake up, wake up. And my dad wakes up and they see that it's my arm burning on the kerosene heater. And I have that same scar today to remind me that it was because of those humble beginnings as to why I continue to instill passion and dedication and determination inside of people, having them to understand that the seed that's in them it comes with the sacrifice, comes with greatness, comes with fruitfulness, comes with something. There's a cost and the calls to it. And so that's what has allowed me to be who I am today. Going through, you know, from, from I started playing ball at a very early age. Uh, Dad put the ball in my hand. I guess at that three years old, and I and I never looked back from there. And I also received the Holy Spirit at the age of three as well, and I never looked back from there. And so, you know, as I as I got older, as I practiced and got older, um, you know, I went into uh, had my first basketball camp that my mom and dad allowed me to go to was Boo Williams, and I was in the third grade when yes. I went there, and I uh, came back from Boo Williams. And, you know, I was, I was really excited and coaches were really excited and, uh, two years passed by, obviously I went to some more camps and we went back to Williams again. And finally the sixth grade came and sixth grade summer, I received the Nike contract. And so I was sponsored by Nike from sixth grade all the way into eighth grade. And then from eighth grade, I switched over eighth grade summer, switched over to, um, Adidas and I was sponsored by Adidas ninth grade all the way into 12th grade. And finally, uh, Landing myself first in JUCO, and that story there is is absolutely unique within itself. God had a different a different uh, perspective for me to go, and then finally uh, winning a championship in JUCO, and then actually going to Syracuse and graduating from Syracuse, and and then going off to the WNBA where I played with Tulsa Shock, and then leading on into um, my overseas career as well, where I ended up winning a, another uh, professional championship uh, in Ukraine. And then landed myself in coaching after that. Uh, and, and the skies were the limit from there. Everything that happened was all ordained by God. And the only thing that I did was I just said, God, use me as your willing vessel. Whatever it is that you need me to do, I'll go and I'll do it. And at one point, it got so good to me, Chelsea, right? I started telling God where I want to go next. And, and he was opening up that door.
0: Come on here.
1: I I wanted to go. And then 2014, well, actually 2013, I went to church and my pastor called me up and she said, I want to pray for you. And I have a prophetic word. And the word is this. You're not going to be playing ball next year. Well, basketball has been my life, right? It's been what I wanted to do my whole entire life. I remember talking to, you know, the team in Israel and I told them I was going to come back. And to my surprise, God said, no, 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 no. You're going to go to Israel, then you're going to go to Czech Republic, and that's going to be it. Now it's time for you to start teaching what you know, and it's time for you to start instilling what you know into the next generation. And so that's where I am today is because I coached for, uh, since 2014, I retired from the game. In 2014 until now, I coached, and then God said, all right, it's time to switch it up again. (laughs) Now I want you to walk by faith. And now I walked by faith right into my calling, right into what he had chosen me for since I was in my mother's womb. And now I am pastoring here at Freedom Ministries International Church in Jackson, Um, and it has been the most awesome, amazing opportunity uh, that, that could ever have been bestowed upon me. And so I'm so grateful. And this is where I got an opportunity to meet you because of going out and planting seeds of faith. Into someone, into somebody, and and I'm so grateful I got the opportunity to actually meet you,
0: man. Listen, that is, you had so many words packed in there, right? Like I was sitting over here, and I have to. I used to when I started doing this leave myself unmuted, but there was so much (laughs) background, you know. I act like I'm young, but I grew up in the country church, right? So I'm old school. I grew up Uh in Cool. And see, I'm glad we're on the phone because see, by now you would have had some some shoes thrown at you, some church fans thrown <laughs> at you, all that would have been <laughs> coming your way. There's, I want to unpack a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me. You know, the first of which you st- you talked about a physical scar, right? You know, just laying on um, that heater. And you talk about the scar that you still see today, and it reminds you of just where you came from. How God's grace is sufficient. And to our listeners, one of the things I always talk about, and I love, is our scars are beautiful to God. I tell people that all the time. Our scars are beautiful, God, because exactly what you said—they remind us from whence we've come. They remind uh-huh. us, Christ has brought us through. I, I tell people, you know, I I play ball, and I have I have had five knee surgeries on the same knee. And so, of course, naturally, there's scars all up and through that knee. You know, I had a rib move. God has just been so amazing and healed me from so many things. But each moment has brought a scar. And a lot of times, especially as women, we'll see these scars. Oh, my gosh. When I wear this shirt, it shows. When I wear shorts, it shows. One of the things I love is it's like I look at these scars and I'm reminded not of the pain, not of Mm -hmm. how hard it was to recover, but who helped me recover. When I look at those, oh, no. I find of how God has, as you said, his grace is sufficient. I'm reminded of those things. So when you said that, I almost jumped out of my chair because we can be so caught up in the things that cause the scar that we forget much of what you said, the cost and the cause. And, and mm. I thought it was amazing. And, and I just had to point that out. The second thing that you said that I really loved is you have that here I am, send me right? You have that here I am, send me mindset where you take a gift that God had given you, that you've been playing, the game that you love, and someone comes to speak to you to say God's word that, hey, you know, there's a different calling on your life. And I want to unpack that for a second because so often, like you said, we get so excited about the gift. We get so excited about the opportunities that Christ gives us that sometimes when God comes and he, you know, he makes a game time adjustment, Okay, that's why I call them, in-game adjustments. You know this, as a parent and a coach, we have adjustments. God will do that so often in our lives. What would you say to the person? Because I can only imagine how that pull and tugged at you. What would you say to the person who is on their path, moving along, excited about and recognizing, cognizant of that, the fact that God is ahead of their life. But then what do you do when Christ makes an in-game adjustment in your life, like you said?
1: listen one thing you cannot do is you cannot run from the call. you can't run it's like fishing okay when God has thrown that hook out there into the water and he has caught you and put that hook into you I promise you he gonna reel that thing all the way in baby he gonna keep reeling until you come in you can nug you can tug you can try to pull you can try to rip it out but what God has inside of you is for you and can't nobody take it out I'm reminded now I get I get really, really excited when we talk about when we talk about this. Now this is this is something that I love now, okay? Because I'm reminded of, of Philippians chapter one, verse six. He that performed a good work in you is faithful to fulfill it until yes. he comes back. He is going to fulfill his work that he has put inside of you. And, it, and and here's the thing he has called a lot of people. A lot of people have been called. But you got to understand something. When you are chosen by God. Come There's on. a difference that come upon you. There's a different light that's on the inside of you. There's a different spark that's on the inside of you. There's a different aroma that surrounds that's you. There's a different incense that God smells. There's a difference about you. You don't mix and mingle. You don't fit in. I don't care how much you try to jam that, that puzzle into that slot. It's not going to work. Matter of fact, I want to say it another way because I know I got some people out there that can that can respect this. It ain't going to work. I don't care how you try to jam this, that that puzzle into that slot. It won't work
0: Come on, because
1: you don't fit in there. You fit in in God's kingdom and God's perspective and God's image. He said that he's created us in his image. And so he has refined you and defined you into a place where he needs you to be because we are to do what he has called us to do. We are out here walking by faith because God is if, if God wants to be. our our steering wheel God wants to be our pathway God wants to be our light when when we are in darkness God wants to be that that strength that when we fall weak and we fall short God wants to be that so when we're out here and we have no clue and we're trying to figure out what's our next what's our next What's our next opportunity? What's our next thing? What's the next thing that God wants? Okay, God, I feel that there's an up in my spirit. I feel that there's a push in my spirit. What is the next? That's God trying to tell you that he's pressing you into the next opportunity. And the only thing you got to do is get quiet in your spirit mm. and listen. When, you, when, when, when we shut out all the noise as coaches, as players, as people, we can get so crowded with life. We can get so crowded with everything that's going on in life that it, that it starts to become a distraction and it starts to become, okay, well, I got this thing. I got that thing. And, and, and we make these these notes and we have this checkoff list to make sure that we've done everything that we needed to do for that particular day. But what happens when Holy Spirit bursts through the door with something spontaneous and tells you to go, go, go right. You're trying to go left, but the Holy Spirit is pushing you right. You got to follow the voice of the Lord. And whatever God tells you, just as as, as it came through to Mary, Mary told the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Just do it. And, And there's some warriors that we have, some servant leaders that we have on this call that's listening. God has been speaking to you. God has been talking to you. I mean, it's it's to the point where you can't even sleep. You're waking up like, yo, I'm trying to get some rest. Come on. you can't even sleep. That's God talking to you and telling you, listen to me, son. I got a plan for you. Listen to me, daughter. I got a plan for you. See, you've been trying to do this thing the way that you think that it should be done. And, and, and I got to remind you, son, I got to remind you, daughter, that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As Isaiah 55, 8 says, I, I got a plan for you as Jeremiah twenty nine eleven say, for I know the plan that I have for you, thus says the Lord plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And if you back that thing all the way up to Jeremiah 1, 5, it says that, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I created you, I, I set you apart, I, I sent you out into the nations, I got a plan for you, if you can just stop trying to lean to your own understanding and, and just trust me, I've already ordered your steps, I got a plan for you, I know what your heart desire wants, but if you align your heart desire with me, I got a plan for you, and, and my plan that I have for you is greater than what you can see for yourself, because the strategy that I have for you is already proven. Is it's already been through the fire? Come on, it's already proven. So the only thing you got to do is is just listen, and 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 go. I've given you a creative idea, and so the only thing you got to do is just walk by faith into that idea. The hook is in you, and the hook is not coming out. And and and, and I don't care how far you run. I don't care how far you try to go. Jeremiah said, I can't do this. He took off running. Mm. But the hook was still in him. And when Jeremiah surrendered, when Jeremiah fully submitted himself to God, when Jeremiah said, you know what? I can't run no more. I cannot do this. God said, okay, son. Now I understand. Now, Now you understand what I've been trying to tell you all along. So here's the thing. I don't need you to know it all. I just Mm. need you to just open up your mouth and let me speak to you because greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. When my spirit speaks to you, it will be one of those things that the people know not of because you have not went this pathway before. And and, and you're going to start to think to yourself, how in the world do I know what I know? That's because God has planted this Hidden into your heart long before now. You're just now coming into your appointed time. So I would tell you this. I don't care how far you run. I don't care how far you go. You know that you've been chosen. You know that you've been picked out. Out of so many people, you was picked out. And you can't run. It's time to say yes. It's a simple word. It's a simple phrase but it is the most powerful thing that you would ever say in your whole entire life is three letters, Y-E-S, yes.
0: Mm. I'm literally over here just in awe. I And, and the listeners know that I'm always a note taker and I'm doing that. But I'm. I wish the listeners could see me at this moment because so often... I always have loved this quote by James Weldon Johnson that says, young man, young man, or insert woman, your arms are too short to box with God. And just sitting Mm. here listening to you and talk about, you know, us as servant leaders and recognizing the call, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. And when we're chosen... We do. Sometimes we get afraid and we run from it, knowing what God has said to us. I tell people all the time, when Christ comes to me, you know, they say he comes in a still, small voice. Nah, he talks to me like I'm on that should have had a V8 commercial. He knows how to get to his child. So often Mm -hmm. he comes so abrupt to us, but the fear that plagues us to say yes, as you're saying. But one of the things that I love is that when you learn that no matter how far you run, just like you said. His hook, his hook is still in us. And and I love that about the way that Christ is, because if there's a distance, you have to ask yourself, who moved? Because Christ doesn't uh-huh. move. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He doesn't change. And I love his patience. I want to go there. I love his patience he has with us. You know, so often in this world, our friends, our foes, in this life we live, where we work, the patience of others is far and few, Right. But the patience that Christ has with us is unmatched. It is something that I pray for over and over because I, I, I reminded some of my grandmother used to love. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. But when God gets through with me, I shall come forth. as Ooh, Come on. And and when you were talking, all of these things resonated in my spirit because as servant leaders, I think. Because we're in every, every, you know, facet of this world. We're in the sports world, right? We're in basketball, we're in football, we're in middle school all the way up to professional sports. We're in there. And I think so often we get so afraid of the call though. That's why I want to go with that. I think we get afraid of the call because of the the places God places us. And that's what's so ironic. That's the whole reason of the servant leader coaches Bible study. Christ will place us in positions, Right and then we forget who positioned us there. Mm, come on now. Christ will place us in positions, but then we forget who positioned us there. He placed us in those positions for a reason. It wasn't for us to go 28 and 0. It wasn't for us to win championships. That's a byproduct. He placed us in those positions to, because we were chosen to fulfill the call that he placed on our lives. And so when we run, when we run and don't fulfill his purpose, that's where the problem sits in. And that's where I'm appreciative of his patience. So where I want to move with this and the whole sole purpose of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study is when we talk about servant leadership, let's go there for a second. When we talk about servant leadership, how do we assist those in the professional world, in the sports arena, when you know it to be true, we give, we're given those positions. God blesses us with it. We see it on ESPN every day. We see it on social media every day. Such and such is the new head coach at such and such. Such and such just got drafted here, right? And what is the first thing they say? I just want to thank God, you know, for this opportunity, right? We thank him in advance. We thank him when he gives it to us. But now once he's given us that position, we somehow forget why he positioned us there. Can you talk a little bit about how we can, the slogan for this show, the reason for the show is normalizing athletic professionals of faith. How do we help that servant leader learn to normalize Christ, normalize his presence, normalize why he positioned us in a place without being fretful or fearful of being able to speak his name in places where he placed us?
1: Well, you know, first you have to surrender to self first. You got to surrender to self first, and you got to believe Colossians chapter three verse twenty-three. God has to be the fruit of everything. God has to be the in the forefront of everything, and you have to you have to surrender and you have to be sincere. And let me break the word sincere down a little bit more. I want to give another word. You got to be real. I mean, come on now, you got to be real. Okay, there's this phrase that people say all the time: real, recognize real. And if you fake, we recognize the fakeness too, okay? So don't say that, that you thank God for giving you an opportunity, but then all of a sudden quickly you fade away from uh, why it. God gave you, what he gave you. Come I, on. I'm a realist. I like to be real, okay? So if you're going to thank God and you're going to talk about God, you got to understand that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He is up on a pedestal. He's high above everything and anything that's up on this earth. And if he gave you that promotion, he gave you that promotion because he saw that there was something inside of you that you didn't see inside yourself that needed to be planted inside of that particular location. So when you thank God, understand that you're talking about somebody that has been there, done that, that has been in front of you, ahead of you, to pave the way for what you are about to get ready to to do his ways are right so don't thank god because you have thanked him for a handout thank god because he has put you in a position where you can glorify him now i needed to clear that up real quick okay because there's some people out there that understand that don't thank god for the media because that's being prideful and the word of the lord says the pride comes before the fall so when you fall understand why you had pride and your 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 fakish thank came from that perspective so be sincere in your heart when you thank god and then you got to be grateful you got to be grateful of the opportunity and you got to let god continuously lead you cannot waver in who you stand on because i'm gonna tell you this right now when you say god or when you say jesus oh the enemy is coming for you oh he's coming for you hard Because number one, he don't want you to know who you are. A robber does not come to a house to steal nothing that doesn't have value. Come on. That's number two, okay? Come on now. Number three, (laughs) all right? You have to really understand that you have been placed in that position, not for you, but to plant the seed into the next generation. Because the generation is the seed that's going to birth the next generation. So when you get into that hot seat, that position, I'm telling you, if you're not in that position with your crown fixed right and your crown is tilted because you're trying to have swag and you're trying to be cool and all of a sudden you become overly confident because now you start to think that this position is about you and you have made this position, that's where the fall comes. You have to always take self out of it and know that you have been called for this occasion. This is a, this is a honorable thing. Whenever you have an opportunity to be placed in a leadership role, you got to always remember that servants are the most important thing. Even you may be the head, but if your servant heart is not fixed right, then the food that you're going to be serving is, has nothing in it. There's no nutrients in it. There, there, you have no qualifications in that. You have to always stay as a servant, even being a leader. The position does not define you. It's the person, the God that gave you the position that refines you and defines what he wants you to do for that particular season. Because when the next season comes, did that one season sharpen you for the next? Did you push someone else into their purpose? Did you push someone else into their destiny? Or are you thinking about the wins and the losses? Are you thinking about how much fame you're going to get? Are you thinking about how much money you're going to have? Are you thinking about the big house and the nice clothes? Are you thinking about all of the the luxury things that come with it? Because I can tell you this, material things fade away, but God's word still stands. Are you still serving? Are you still looking at why you got this opportunity, why you got this great honor, and you have to keep in the forefront that you're doing this unto God, not unto self, and you got to remember this, faith always trumps over fear, faith over fear is always going to win, because the word of the Lord says that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, and self-discipline, you got to control yourself when opportunities of this great magnitude happen because you didn't get that position just because. You got that position because there's something inside of you that has to come out of you. There's something that you need to do in that position. It's like Pharaoh and Moses. Pharaoh had a great opportunity to to do something special. He was the king. He had a great opportunity. And God gave him chance after chance after chance to get it right through Moses. But when Moses identified who he really was, Moses was able to set the captives free. Here's the thing identify that God has given you an honorable opportunity to be the head and to be leaders over somebody and something. And you have to use that and take that with great significance and be thankful and be grateful and always decrease in self and to let God increase. So let me tell you, when you thank God when you first get that opportunity, understand this, don't be thanking him just to thank him for the cameras because they're rolling you better really put some action behind those words because you're going to eat everything that you say. So be careful of the things that you say because they frame your future. They frame what's going to happen next. So when you start thanking God, Don't thank God because the cameras are rolling and you think that this is a great political thing to say. You better thank God because you know that God that gave you this opportunity is really giving you a promotion to do something for his kingdom, to let your light shine so that you can glorify him. He has to be exalted and lifted up. The lower you go, the higher he exalts you because there's somebody else, life, that's in your hands. And what are you going to do? with this great opportunity what are you going to do with this great opportunity it's not about the quantity it's about the quality it's not about the numbers it's about how you have qualified for this opportunity
0: my goodness my goodness that's a word and for those Coaches and for those in positions out there listening, I hope you take that back. If you need to rewind back five minutes, do that because I know I'm going to do that. But that is a whole word. It really is because that's where we find ourselves. And so it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do to get caught up in the midst of I'm a coach, Um, you know, and we have rises and we have falls. But you said it best. Now, one of the things that took me out of here, and I'm glad I was on mute because I spun around in this chair a few times. You said a robber does not go to a house and take anything that doesn't have value. Come on. That is a whole entire word that could peel off into so many different reasons. One of the things that moved me is because, you know, I'm going to go personal here. I coach, I coach young ladies and I coach at a place where, uh, you know, we are a title one institution. So we have a lot of students and our largest population of students are pretty much living below the poverty line before, you know, they're eating meals at school and, and and we're trying to, the holiday break is always so hard because, you know, at least you know they're getting lunch and snack at school, right? And so that translates over a lot of times to in other things, in the classroom, I also teach because many times, not all the time, but just like you started this conversation out, many times you know, that rearing when it's a struggle growing up, if you don't have that foundation of those parents that teach you the value of things, even though we don't have the money at that time, we don't have the cars and clothes at that time. If the foundational years aren't set on what value is instilled in them, it's often missed. And where that translates over is into the confidence, into the value. And I'm going to keep saying that word, the value, because you said something earlier in this conversation that resonated because i preach it all the time to every young person that i meet but definitely my young ladies on my team i tell them that basketball or in search of sport is the tool to teach you what you need to learn in life and one of the biggest things and i say this this year because i always say we can go 0 and 25 i don't care i care about the person that you are and if i'm teaching you how to survive this life well we're currently 0 and seven Okay, It's so funny how I've said that for years. I've been coaching for 12 years, and I've said that for years, and for the first time in my 12 years, we have started the season out 0 and 7. Many would say that that is my biggest frustration. It's not. My biggest frustration is why we're 0 and 7, and it's the value. It is, it is missing and seeing not seeing your value. And as a servant leader, as a faith-based leader, you hit the nail on the head, When you just said that, I mean, I wish you could see it on my paper. I've underlined it. I circled it. I drew arrows to it. When you said a robber doesn't come to a house to steal things that don't have value. And I say that because somebody's listening today. Somebody's going to come across this podcast that someone is coming along in your life that either a stole your thought process or stole your confidence, or at some point in your life, no one has told you that you have value. No one has told you that you have value, and I want to stop right there for a second because something in my spirit, while I'm talking to you, I want us to talk a little bit about what happens when the servant leader doesn't recognize their own value. See one of the things that I find is see when God calls us so often we mm-hmm. have another reason because we don't God you sure me you no, nah, you don't mean me. why would he call me and so so often I tell people I want you to understand. He does not call the qualified, he qualifies the call. We see it all the time. They mentioned Daniel in Alliance the Den, they mentioned David and Goliath. All of the times, individuals where Christ called them, it wasn't the people that were the strongest, the mightiest, it was those that were willing. So I want to talk a little bit about those servant leaders who for some reason feel they don't have value and that's why they run from the call. How can they find value in Christ and recognizing that if he placed you there it was intentional and it it is not that I'm running because I feel I can do it in my own might. I don't think I have might at all. What would you say to that servant leader?
1: I always like to back things up with the word Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. And the first word in verse five says trust trust it's five letters in the word trust and the number five represents grace so if you can trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and in all thy way god will direct your path god's grace and mercy will be sufficient when you decrease in self And you just simply, uh, let let me paint this picture real quick. Have you ever just walked into your room and just dropped down on the bed or just just laid back on the bed? And you had no care in the world. You just said, you know what? I believe and I trust that my bed is sturdy enough. I trust that my bed is strong enough. I believe that the bed has been assembled together and the bed is going to catch me. So I'm just going to let go and just fall right on the bed. Come on here. Come on. And that's where we have to be. We have to know and believe without a shadow of doubt. See, faith doesn't operate on fear. Faith doesn't operate on yesterday. Faith doesn't operate on tomorrow. Faith does not operate in the future. Faith operates now. So the word says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The reality is this. You don't have to know everything about everything. What you have to do is trust. When you get into your car and you drive, you have been that same route 25,000 times. You trust. That driving that same pathway, you're going to make it to your destination. But you have no clue what's ahead because you ain't been there yet for that day. But you got faith and you trust and believe that if you keep going this same destination that you have been over and over and over, that you're going to make it to that specific location. Why? When it comes down to truly identifying. Identifying that you have been called, that you have been chosen, that you have so much opposition. That's because the enemy does not want you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. But Jesus already paid that price on the cross. That's the reason why he said, the only thing you got to do is trust me. Believe. Have faith now. Don't wait on it. We, we we go to all these different restaurants thinking and believing that the food is going to be good. Come we on here. pray over the food. And we say, God, bless this food for the nourishment of our body. And then we partake in the food. Well, if we got that much faith that the food is going to be good to our body, that the food is going to put some meat on our bones, why can't we believe that God's word is the same thing? The word don't never change, but the food do. <laughs> the, the, the gps may change you understand <laughs> come on now see you may have to make a u-turn in your gps but if you take the pathway with god you don't have to make a u-turn you don't have to go down there and reroute only thing you got to do is stay on course and continue to to drop off the dead weight continue to allow god to prune you continue to allow god to refine you and define who you are trust them surrender submit cast down vain imaginations when those things come up on your mind to tell you that you're not good enough when those things come up on your mind to tell you that you don't have value that you don't have purpose you got to cast those things down and call those things to be not as though they were you got to speak to yourself you got to talk to yourself you got to command those things the the word says in Proverbs 18:21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat its fruit what are you speaking to bring fruit up on your tree. What are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you saying on yourself, on your life? What have you spoken over yourself? Now we're not gonna talk about generational curses because that's a whole nother topic. But you gotta <laughs> find those things up. Oh yeah. See, see, we, we're trying to be real now. You you want a real show, you want some real food. I'm I'm speaking with real passion. Because in order for me to be who I am right now in Christ, I had to surrender to Thy will, so that my will can can cease and God's will can rise. I understand going 0 and 7. I understand going uh, uh, 7 and 0. I understand both of them because both of them came with a great lesson. Come on. And the reality is this: I Juanita did a self examination, and I said to myself where have i missed it where where have i not taught the right thing where did i miss somebody in this in this in this opportunity because somebody is off. see it only takes one bad apple to spoil the whole bunch and if one person does not i don't care if it's the water girl If she don't understand her assignment, it's going to start to infest into the whole group. And then you'll start to really start looking at yourself and blaming yourself for why things are not going the way that they're supposed to go. When we do self-assessments and self-evaluations, what we're doing is we're saying, God, okay, let me get back to it to you. Let me get back to, to, to reading my assignment. Let me get back to understanding my word because through the word you, you are helping me coach and and, and and my coaching is not just X's and O's and drawing up the best plays to, to really uh, shake off the defender. My coaching is really trying to help these young ladies understand who they are in Christ because I know that they are in a battle at their house because they're fighting different types of spirits that's trying to stop them because the spirit doesn't want them to know who they are, so when they come into your presence, you have to fight those things as well, too. Every time you walk into your gym, every time you walk into your office, when you get up on that premises, and I'm speaking to any coach, any leader that's out there, you got to immediately plead the blood of Jesus, because nothing can come past the blood. We have to continuously serve, and if we want to be a servant leader, we got to know what to serve. We got to know what to do. Number one, we got to humble ourselves so that we can feed our our, our people. Because if we don't humble ourselves, the, the body only goes as much as the head goes. And if the head is all discombobulated, the body is going to be discombobulated. The body is not going to have the right proper functions to it because the head is discombobulated. So Uh we have to say, God, okay, I decrease and you increase. Teach me where I need to be better. Show me. It don't take him that long to show you where you need to be better. You just got to (laughs) listen. You know, we just got to be pruned and listen. That's a whole word. God would change it all around. Everything that, that, I mean, there may be, it, it may be one thing, in your offense that is messing up the whole system. It may be one thing that needs to be changed in the defense that's messing up the whole system. But here's the thing. Some people are too stubborn to change. Oh God, let me, let me get out of here. Come on. Come on. Be real about it. Come on. You got to have a willingness. When, when stubbornness trumps the truth, Then stagnancy takes place and you wonder why the team starts to crumble. So you cannot be you can't be stubborn or else complacency will kick in. And now all of a sudden your heart will become hardened to hearing somebody else's opinion. You have to be open and willing to hear someone else's opinion. That's why you got coaches around you, assistant coaches, that can help feed you. But when you're listening to someone that's pumping your ego, you can't really hear. What needs to be done. You have to listen to the humbleness. You got to listen to to the heart. You got to listen to your spirit because your spirit will never steal you wrong. Your spirit will never steer you wrong. So we have to be willing to let self go and allow God to rise us. The, the, The only way I was able to be successful in my coaching is that I looked at it from a different perspective. I never taught players based off of the knowledge because nobody is ever going to have the knowledge that you have because you all come from different places. I taught my players based off the heart. How can I, how can I take out the impurities that's in their heart to get them to see the vision, to get them to see the vision. I coached the heart. I didn't coach the mind. Mm. And most people coach the mind because they want to play these mind games and they wonder why the the players are so discombobulated because you keep on trying to play these mind games and and it's like stop it already because now you're confusing yourself (laughs) just coach the heart coach the person I've heard it said this, this way before don't preach at me talk to me because I'm trying to change talk to me but when you talk at me, I don't understand what you're saying. But when you, when you just talk to me, I get it. Now I see where I need to become better. Now I see where I need to become a servant. My, my job as a coach was to make my players understand that they were their sister's keeper. And by them understanding that they're their sister's keeper, that means that they had to serve the next person. We identified roles. We identified who could do what. And once we identified that, I openly spoke about jealousy. I openly spoke about envious. I openly spoke about how parents are going to feed, you know, feed different things. And here at at, at our at our gym, this is our home. This is our house. If somebody outside of our house has an opinion about something, come sit with me and let's talk so that you can understand what we're, what's being taught. I can teach you as well as I'm teaching your children. Because if you keep going home and I keep teaching at the gym and the child keeps going home and, and keeps getting something different, now that's where the discombobulation comes from. Come on, on, here. Come on here.
0: here. Come on.
1: So we got to check self first in order to feed someone else.
0: I'm I'm literally sitting here and and I know when my my own coaching staff hears this, it, it is literally going to floor them because that is most of the conversation that we have. And I hope that all servant leaders take heed to the things that have been said. You know, you really do have to die to self in order to be a servant leader. And I think you said it best. You know, that at the end of the day, when we're servant leaders, when we're the head, we have to recognize that those are going to follow us. But we can't be the head if we don't know who's the head of our lives. We can't be servant if we don't know who we serve. That was golden because that is a disconnect. And when we when we know who's the head of our lives, when we know who we serve, when we're 0-7 or 7-0, just like you said, we can hear him. We can understand what he's trying to get us to see so that we can better lead these young men and young women. And I think that is golden, but we have to first die to self, as you said, because servant leadership and servanthood doesn't contain, as you say, stubbornness, selfishness. Those aren't characteristics of a servant leader. And and I think that is golden. I think it's amazing. And it helps lead me into um, one of the final uh, connecting questions that we wanna do before we close up here. Um, Servant leadership, we hear it all the time, right? And I know you do. We hear it. People have books on it. (laughs) It is said all the time. It's the name of podcasts. People go to conferences for it. Right. But two words that take on so many different meanings. But God truly did orchestrate this platform. I tell people all the time, this is not about me. I'm just the vessel he's using. The whole goal of mine here is to take those two words, servant leadership. And, truly come up with the truest definition from some of the greatest servant leaders to help. When people listen to this podcast, I want them to, this should be an hour long uh, professional development. I, I said, I'm gonna get to a place where this is gonna count for some PD points for people. But if I were to talk to you and ask you, servant leader, need a Ward, servant leadership, two words that take on so many different definitions. But if I were to ask you, Servant leadership, what does that mean? And how do you define that in your life?
1: God to self and let God have
0: his way. Come on. Come on. Come on. And you know the thing about that is we struggle with that first part. See, we'll let God have his way when things are good and we're on the mountaintop. We'll let God have his way when we we feel it's what we, we want done. But the key piece is dying to self. See, when you die to self, you understand that his will will be done. Not my will, but his will will be done. It may not look like what you want. Christmas just passed, and I always say this to people, It's amazing. We always want the gift, right? We always want a gift. We want the gift. We want the gift. We ask God to stir up the gift. We want the gift. But what happens when the gift doesn't come in the package that we thought it did? See, it's amazing. You know, my cousin, this is a while ago, wanted a game and the game was big. You know, it should be a big box, right? And we didn't get the game. What we got was the gift card for him to go get the game that he wanted. So when he got the gift, Right. It was the gift that he requested. But before he even opened the gift, he was already, you know, discombobulated, frustrated, ungrateful because the gift didn't look in the way that he thought it would be packaged. He opened the gift and recognized it was a gift card to the store where the gift was and he could buy it himself to ensure he got the one he wanted. When we die to self, I don't care how the gift is packaged. We die to self and let God has have His way. We understand that His will be done, however that may look. When we die to self, we recognize that I don't know what's best for me. I always say, and one of the coaches on that, that, that stays updated with the pod all the time. She, you know, shout out to Coach KB uh, at Montreal College, and she's gonna laugh. I already know what I'm gonna say, but I say, if if God didn't send it, I don't want it. I have come on, on please. If God did not send it, I don't want it. If He didn't say I could have it, it's not mine. And if He didn't bless me with it, it was never mine to begin with. I didn't lose anything. It wasn't for me. That job didn't go to somebody else. It wasn't mine in the first place. That's what. That's Don- right. Come on now. And when you said that, it just kind of struck a spiritual nerve because I think so often we misconstrued the gift because it doesn't come in the package that we expected it to. But when we die to self, we recognize that his will will be done. So for you to say that, servant leadership, die to self and let God have his, that's huge. That's huge. Now I'm sitting here because I want to, I talk about all the time, it's always so hard on these podcasts because I'd be wanting to just go. But I do know that you're going to be one of those people that I continue talking with and that gives me great solace. But there's always two questions. If you're listening to the podcast and you're continuous continuous listener podcast, you know we have to go ahead and enshrine her in the servant leader regime. So there's two questions that we always ask to get you into this thing. You've already answered one, which was servant leadership. One of the things I love to do, okay, it's called my God is Morning Devotional. And what I do, this life will have us thinking that God doesn't exist. We have this life that sometimes things will get thrown at us, that we forget everything we know about them. And so what I do is I wake up in the morning, sometimes I write it, but a lot of times I just walk and say and meditate on it. And I'll say God is, and each morning I try to beat the previous morning by filling in a blank on what God is to me. Now, I already know this is going to be hard for you because you could go a whole nother hour just telling me what God is. But you only get one. You don't get to roll them off like I do in the mornings. So if I said God is and I drew an invisible blank, how would you fill that blank? To servant leader, Juanita Ward, God is what?
1: My everything because I'm in love with him.
0: mm come on, come on, come on. And I think the biggest piece of that, he's definitely my everything, but we already know, and I ain't gonna elongate this because we already had you long enough, but we all have been in love before and may be in love currently. And we know the attributes and the characteristics that that brings. So when I say, and hear you say, that he's my everything and I'm in love with him that comes with separate attributes. And hearing you communicate today, hearing you empower us today, hearing you stand on his word today, hearing you literally you know, just help us grow, I can see that you're in love with him by the way that you walk, talk. Every piece of what you are is evidence that you're in love with him. So I just wanna take this moment right now to personally thank you. I wanna thank you for being the woman of God that you are in a world where so often people find it hard, find it robbery, you find it not robbery, to serve Christ, to speak his name, to follow his will, to die to self, to lose the stubbornness and selfishness to be a servant leader and to have nutrients within the words that you say and the deeds that you give so that others may be able to know who he is and know his name. So I want to personally thank you for taking time out of your schedule to empower us to sit with me and talk with me to help anyone. You all, when I spoke with her, when we scheduled this, she said, Chelsea, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And if we can just help and save one, that's what it's all about. That's the heart of this servant leader. So servant leader winning the award, I want to thank you so much right now, just for being here with us today. I thank you for empowering us today. I know that you and I will continue this relationship and grow and empower each other. Um, But I thank you and I want you to just leave a final encouraging word for our servant leaders before we close up today. Um, But I truly do thank you for being here with us for this hour.
1: Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. I'm telling you, I really, really enjoyed myself uh, here because it's one thing is is the most important thing is that you're not afraid to talk about Jesus. You're not afraid to confess and proclaim his name. And you've taken a leap of faith to just step out there and just talk about Jesus. Most people don't want to say that name, but I'm so grateful that you are a warrior that says you know what my obedience is better than sacrifice and if there's one person out there that heard you said one thing your obedience is better than sacrifice i would be it i would be who God has called me to be with trembling knees and shaking all over just like Gideon was Gideon didn't really understand who he really was. The angel called him, says, you're a valid warrior, Gideon. And Gideon was like, who me? Do you not know who I am? I'm the least in my family. I'm the least in my community. Nobody looks at me to be anything. But that's just it. God didn't call the ones that was already popular. He called the ones that nobody looked to be anything. And if you can go back through your life and just look back for just a small second and just say, God, had it not been for you bringing me through that one thing, I know that my life would have been different. Had I not spoke to myself and said, I can, I will succeed. I can, I will succeed. Have I not declared that and decreed that over my life? What would life have been? So I'm saying this to each and every listener, to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. You don't have to be a coach. You can be a leader. Whatever you're doing that is influencing someone else, speak life over yourself. Die to self and let God's will grow even more and more every day. Speak these words over yourself. I can I will succeed. That comes with some sacrifices. That is a declaration. That is a decree. If you look yourself in the mirror and you say that to yourself, I promise you, you will be successful. Because you're not asking for validation from somebody else to give you something that you can speak over yourself. The same God that lives in me is the same God that lives in you. Yes, life is a process. And yes, it comes with some bangs and some bruises. It comes with some sunshine and it comes with some dark clouds. But let me tell you, those clouds don't stay forever. The sun is shining behind those clouds. And behind those clouds, it is the most beautiful rainbow that you would ever see in your life. you got to do something. You have to believe in faith now that you have been chosen for such a time as this. And you have to speak those things over yourself. The more you decrease, the more God increases. The lower you go, the higher he raises you. The more you serve, the more God exalts you. Somebody else out there needs what you have inside of you. Don't take this opportunity. For granted. Don't take this position that God has given you. Whether you are a head coach, whether you're an assistant coach, whether you are a player, whether you are the, the boss at, uh, at a CEO company, whether you are in a Fortune 500, it does not matter whether you are the, the the highest ranked maintenance maintenance. It doesn't matter. Whatever you are doing that is leading someone and your influence has power to it, decrease so that God can increase. Humble yourself so that God can exalt you. Because the lower you go, the higher He raises you. Speak life over yourself. Believe that you can. See that you can. Write your vision and make it plain. Write your vision. Because I promise you, the creative mind, the creative opportunity that God has given you, only He can give that. And never ever lose sight of your dreams and your vision understand that you have value that you are greater than anything for us you would be going home now but God's so fit to blow breath into your body and give you another opportunity another chance so my question is this what are you going to do with this great opportunity you're breathing you got life in you speak the word Step out on faith. What's the worst thing that can happen? You fail? Well, guess what? I'd rather fail doing it God's way than to lose my soul doing it man's way. Step out in faith. Be bold and courageous. And fear not, because you have been commanded to do so. Believe, I can, I will succeed. It's a declaration. It's a decree. What you going to do with it?
0: I'm telling you, you better be glad this is a voice and you're not right here because I'm throwing all pens and paper and everything at you. Everyone that's listening, I hope you took that in and I claim that right now. I accept that. I received that and I sent an agreement with Servant Leader Renita Ward right now for all of our servant listeners who are listening. Please take heed. Please take heed to those words. it back. Play it all over again. So before we go, as we always do, bow your heads. If you're in the car, please keep your eyes on the road. But we're going to pray real quick before we get out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for what we've seen and what we've heard. We thank you right now, Lord God, for the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, Lord God, and what you have brought, Lord God, how you have connected, Lord God, how you have intertwined paths in your people so that your will may be done, Lord God. Help us today to die to self. Help us to die to self, Lord God, so that we can decrease, so you can increase. Help us, Lord God, to remove stubbornness and selfishness, Lord God, as servant leader Juanita Ward has stated today, so that we can serve. Help us, Lord God, to have nourishment and nutrients to our words, Lord God, so we can serve. Help us, Lord God, to know you as our head, Lord God, so that we can lead. Help us to know who we serve, Lord God, so that we can serve better. I ask a special prayer right now for servant leader Juanita Ward, Lord God. Touch her right now from the head to the feet, Lord God. Give her the power, Lord God, to continue to speak your word, to to continue to go through the nations to, to empower and make others better, Lord God. Bless everything that she touches, Lord God. Bless her flock, Lord God. Bless those, her family, everything that she touches, everywhere that hears her voice, Lord God, help them to see you and find you, Lord God. Meet everybody that's listening at their point of need. We may not understand or know why they need you and what they need, but meet them at their point of need, Lord God. More than anything, Lord God, I ask that you just heal our land, heal our world, Lord God. COVID is trying to make its comeback, Lord God, but we still know you. This virus may mutate, Lord God, but you're the same. And because you're the same, we fear not. Because you're the same, Lord God, we trust, Lord God. And we thank you in advance for the healing. We thank you in advance for the power. We thank you in advance, Lord God, for somebody, even if it's that one, Lord God. You left the 99 for the one. And we're asking you right now, Lord God, for those that may not know you, help us to continue to be light. Help us to continue to show your work, show your approval, Lord God, so that those that may not know you can find you. And your son, Jesus' name, will always pray. Amen. Servant leader. Juanita Ward, thank you so much for being here. You are now a part of the servant leader family. If there's anything that we can ever do for you, all you have to do is reach out. We thank you. You have made us better. And I appreciate you so much, my sister.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Blessings to you and all that you touch your hands to do. There's more coming. And uh, eyes have not seen nor ears have heard. You are a giant and you're a warrior for God's kingdom. You keep slaying them.
0: Yes, ma'am. Well, we thank you all for listening and we're going to see you all next time.